KMTT And it's Tuesday Today's shit will be given by Rav Yonatan Snowball Before beginning our shear on Parshat B'Shalach I'd like to uh, dedicate this shear to two people My uh, grandfather, my grandfather Racha Eliyahu Alter Snowbell who uh, Bar Mitzvah Parsha was Parshat B'Shalach and uh, Dor Holech V'dor Ba my nephew uh, his great grandson who is named for him Benjamin Eliyahu uh, Buckler whose Bar Mitzvah is this Shabbat Parshat B'Shalach I would like to dedicate it to those two people and wish Mazal Tov to my nephew uh, Benjamin Buckler this week's Parsha Parshat B'Shalach um contains in it fundamentals of our relationship with God. Um, this will be seen throughout the Parsha in three key places, and we'll begin from the central one, which of course is Kriyat Yamsuf. Kriyat Yamsuf is the highlight of this week's Parsha, is the center point of this week's Parsha, and uh, we'll begin from there. As B'nai Israel approach Yamsuf, we read the following psukim. Ufar'o hikriv, and Paro approached, and Bnei Israel saw that Mitzrayim was coming after them, and they were very afraid. And they cried out to God. The Ramban explains here what does it mean that they prayed. Screaming, crying out is praying, essentially. So they prayed to Hashem. A very logical response. Other people, according to the Ramban, complained to Moshe. Were there, was there a lack of, of graves in Mitzrayim that you've taken us to die in the Midbar? Why did you take us out of Mitzrayim? What have you done to us that you've taken us out of Mitzrayim? The complaint of B'nai Israel is a separate issue. We will not touch upon it now. We will skip to Moshe's response. Vayomer Moshe el Ha'am, al tirau hitiatzvu uet ishuat Adunai asher yaase lachem hayom ki asher itemet mitzrayim hayom lo tosifu lirotam od ad olam Adunai yilachem lachem vatem tacharishun. Moshe says to the people, "Do not fear. Stand up and see the salvation of Hashem." That which for, for that he will do for you today, because as you have seen Mitzrayim today, you will not see them again ever. God will fight for you, and you will be silent. So what we see here, seemingly, is Bnei Israel calling out and praying to Hashem. There's also complaints there. As I said, we'll, we will not touch upon the complaints right now. Bnei Israel are calling out to Hashem, praying to Hashem, and Moshe is saying, "Do not fear." You are going to see the salvation of Hashem. Hashem is going to fight for you, and you are going to stand by silently. Okay? Seemingly what the pattern is developing here is that B'nai Israel, they don't have to do anything. Atem tacharishun, you will be silent. You will, you will not do anything. You will stand on the side. You have prayed to God. God has heard your prayers. And you will stand on the side silently and see God's salvation. In other words, you do not need to do anything. You do not need to participate. 
what would we expect to read next? We'd expect to read the following pasuk. We do expect God now to tell Moshe, lift up uh, the staff and place your hand over the sea and, and split it open and B'nai Israel will go in the sea on dry land. However, there's one pasuk interjecting there. Pasuk Tetvav. Vayomer Adonai el Moshe, Ma titzak elai, Daber el b'nei Yisrael, V'yisau. Ve'ata harem et matcha, Unteet yadcha layam uvkayu, V'yavou b'nei Yisrael, Betoch hayam bayabasha. Before God commands Moshe to split the sea, He tells him the following thing. Why are you crying out to me? Tell b'nei Yisrael to go. And then He says, And, and you take your staff, and split the sea. The obvious question here is, how are B'nai Israel supposed to go if Moshe has not yet been commanded to split the sea? Rashi is sensitive to this point, and he makes the following com- comment. Daber al B'nai Israel v'isau, all they have to do now is go, and the sea is not standing in front of them. The merit of their forefathers and their merit, and the merit that they believed in me, and they came out of Mitzrayim with me, that's sufficient to split open the sea. In other words, Rashi is essentially pointing out but yes, indeed, B'nai Israel are commanded to go, to start moving towards the sea before the sea is split. And only after the sea is split, and only afterwards the sea is split. In other words, not only are they commanded to go towards the sea before the sea is split, but apparently... God is saying to them that the sea will not be split until they go. And this, of course, leads us to the famous, famous Midrash that we all grew up on and we all are familiar with about Nachshon ben Aminadav. The Talmud Bavli in Masachat Sotah, Daf, Lamed Aleph, record several opinions. We shall focus on the opinion of Rabbi Uda, which tells us, according to Rabbi Uda, what transpired at Kriyat Yamsuf. According to Rabbi Meir, there was a great fight about who would go into the Yam first. According to Rabbi Meir, the different Shvatim were fighting. Who will go first? One was saying, I will go first. The other one was saying, I will go first. Amarlo Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda disagreed with Rabbi Meir. That was not how it took place. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the opposite was true. They were arguing, and none of them were willing to go into the Yam first. They were all afraid. Nachshon ben Aminadav v'yarad layam tchila. Nachshon ben Aminadav went into the sea first. Okay? He went into the sea. And the, the Gemara goes on to say, 
The Pasuk describes him in Tehillim, Hoshi'eni Elohim hi bao maim ad nafesh, tavati b'yevin mitzula ve'en ma'amad, v'gomer. Nachshon ben Minadav is crying out to God to, to, saving, to save him because bao maim ad nafesh, the, the waters have come up to kill me. In other words, what's being described here in the Midrash is that Nachshon went into the water and he went in and he went in and he went in and the water is still there He's about to drown. The Midrash goes on. At that very hour, Moshe was being lengthy in his tefillah. My beloved ones, my friends, are drowning in the sea, and you are giving me a long prayer. Amar lefanav. Moshe answered God, What can I do? What can I do? And Moshe's claim is a very logical claim. What can a man do? What can human beings do? They're not capable of fighting the Egyptians, and they're not capable of splitting the sea. Amar lo, daber al Yisrael v'isau, tell b'nei Yisrael to go. Tell them to go, and then lift up your hand. The Gemara goes on to say that because of Nachshon ben Aminadav, the future prince of Shevet Yehuda, that he jumped into the sea first, Shevet Yehuda was privileged to be the kings of Am Yisrael. What is the Midrash here that we see in Masachat Sota? What are the two elements that are playing off of each other here? We see both in the Midrash and in the Psukim the element of tefillah. The element of tefillah seems to be, uh, it's first of all clearly mentioned in the Psukim and in the Midrash, by Yitzhakub and Yisrael Hashem. And as the Midrash said, Moshe was taking a long time praying. And seemingly that's the only logical course of action that can be taken. What else, what else can a man who cannot, a man, a nation who have no way of saving themselves with their own powers do except to turn to God and pray to Him? And that seems to be Moshe's attitude as well. He says, Hashem ilachem lachem v'atem tacharishun. You do not have to do anything. You you stand and watch what God is going to do. You sit, sit there quietly and watch what's going to happen. And yet, that doesn't satisfy God. The bear al Israel It is not sufficient for you just to pray. You must go. And Nachshon ben Aminadav takes the bull by the horns, if you may, and he jumps into the water. And apparently others as well. As the Midrash says, Yididai tovim bayam. My beloved, in plural, are drowning in the sea. The people started going into the sea. We see this tremendous yesod that even in a place where it seems that the only course of action to be taken is tefillah, God is not satisfied with tefillah. God demands action on our part. It is clear that B'nai Israel are incapable 
of splitting the seed. It is clear that in order for the seed to be split, God must decide to create a miracle and to split the seed. However, God is not satisfied with a prayer to split the seed. God demands our action. God needs us to take action in order to create His reaction. What we see here are two elements of Avodat Hashem coming together. On the one hand, we are dependent on Hashem, and we have to understand that. That is the element of tefillah, Vayitz'aku b'nei Yisrael Hashem. On the other hand, God is demanding our own independent actions. We must not just sit there, as Moshe said, Hityatzvu u stand and look and see from the side of Atem Tacharishun quietly, we actually have to do something. The barrel ben Yisrael as absurd as it might seem, you have to go. God cannot or will not create the miracle of the splitting of the sea until ben Yisrael go into the sea. God's actions upon us cannot take shape until we give some action on our part. This is the Yisod that comes here from the splitting of Kriyat Yamsuf. Our Tfilot, as true and correct as they may be, are not sufficient. We must take action. The action that we take expresses our belief in God, but it... it, it it expresses much more. It expresses our investment in this miracle. It expresses that we care. Mashallah ma'adavardama. What is this similar to? Why does God need our action? A very simple mashallah. A mashallah of a parent and a child, teacher and a student. I'm perfectly capable as a parent of helping my child do their homework helping my child clean their room. In fact, I could probably, not probably, I can certainly do their homework on my own. I can certainly clean their room on my own. However, I am interested in my child learning to do things for themselves and taking action for themselves. And once I see that my child cares and is invested in the outcome then at that point I can come in and help. If I see my child is trying to do their homework, if I see my child is trying to clean their room, then I can come as a parent, as a, stu- as a teacher, and help them. But before their action has expressed their care and their investment in the task at hand, I educationally will be incorrect to come along and just help them. Because that will teach them that they don't have to do anything for themselves and that the parent will take care of everything for them. It will teach them to be lazy. It will teach them not to care. I need to see that my child, my student, cares about their homework, about cleaning up their room. At that point, I can come and help. So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Avinu has educational concerns for us. He cannot, he can 
He can make miracles at every point and save us and do everything for us. But then we will not learn to do things for ourselves. We will not learn to care. We will say, God will take care of everything. We do not have to do anything. And the obvious message vis-a-vis Zionism is, is apparent in these Divrei Torah as well. The religious Zionist belief is it is not sufficient for us to pray for the Shiva Tetzion. We must take initiative. We must build the land. We must go to the land. We must so- seek out Makoma Mikdash. After we take initiative then God can come and help us. Because God needs us, needs us to show Him that we care, we are invested. And then God's miracle can come and take care of everything. It is obvious that Shivat Zion would not have been, in our generation, would not have been successful with God's help. We are dependent on God. But yet God's help from us is held back until he sees that we take initiative, that we care, that we are invested. Once he sees that, he can come along and help. From here we go till the end of the Parsha. The end of the Parsha, of course, we read about Nilchemet Amalek. Of course, here on the eve, one month before um, Purim, and less than a month before Parshat Zachor, Different situation, new enemy, and a different in different terms altogether. Bnei Israel are no longer fighting their former uh, enslavers in Egypt. They can fight these people. Moshe tells Yeshua, choose out people and go and fight with Amalek. I will be on top of the mountain, on top of the hill, and the staff of God will be in my hand. Yeshua went and fought with Amalek, as Moshe taught him, t- told him. Moshe, Aaron, and Chur went to the top of the hill. כאשר ירים משה ידו וגבר ישראל, וכאשר יניח ידו וגבר עמלק. When Moshe raised up his hands, Israel overcame Amalek. And when Moshe put down his hands, Amalek overcame B'nai Israel. And of course, the Pesukim go on to describe how Moshe sat down on, on a rock, and Aaron Vechur helped him raise his hands weakened Amalek and their people by the sword. And the question that begs itself here is the is the question that is asked in Masachet Rosh Hashanah, the Mishnah Per Gimel Mishnah Chet. Do the hands of Moshe make the war or break the war? What does this mean? That when they were up, they won. When they were down, the other side was winning. El Omar says the Mishnah, 
The whole time that Israel were looking upwards towards their father in heaven and enslaving their hearts to him, they would win, they would overcome Amalek. And if not, they would be failing against Amalek. The situation at the end of the Parsha is the exact opposite of the situation at the beginning of the Parsha. Here B'nai Israel are taking initiative. Yoshua is choosing out soldiers and going out to fight Amalek. They've learned the lesson of initiative. They saw from even in the most impossible situation it was necessary for them to take initiative. Clearly here, in a place where they're capable now, B'nai Israel, Alu Chamushim, they had they had uh, they had weapons with them. They were no longer facing Mitzrayim. They didn't have the fear that they had against their former enslavers. They're now facing Amalek. They can do this. They can do this on their own. They can fight. And now, the end of the Parsha needs us to compensate with Tefillah. Looking up to their father in the sky, in the heavens, looking up to their, and, and enslaving their hearts to Avihem Sheba Shemaim, this is Tefillah. It's not enough to take initiative. it is necessary to also be praying. And therefore, even when they took initiative, and they were fighting the war against Amalek, when B'nai Yisrael looked up to their father in, 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 this, in the heavens, when they prayed to Hashem, the Gavar Yisrael. But when they did not look up to the heavens, and they were not praying, the Gavar Amalek. Both the model from the beginning of the Parsha, is incorrect and incomplete, and the model from the end of the Parsha is incorrect and incomplete. The model from the beginning of the Parsha that says that they prayed by Tzagubin Yisrael Hashem, and Moshe says, Hashem. Hashem ilachem lachem v'atem Stand up and watch, God will fight for you. You sit by quietly. Does not work. God says, Matitzakelai, the barrel Ben Yisrael Why are you praying to me? Go. You didi tovim bayam v'atam arich b'tfila. You are my my my. You, now is the time to be davening for a long time. No, it's not sufficient to daven. You have to go. You have to take initiative. And yet the model from the end of the parsha as well is not is not a complete is not a correct model. You're just going to go and fight Amalek. That's how you're going to win the war. No. K'she Yisrael mistaklim klape malo m'shabdim et libam laviem shavashamayim ayumit gabrim. When B'nai Israel, besides the initiative, are also praying to Hashem, then they win. And when they are not, they are losing. The beginning of the parsha talks about tefillah. Without taking initiative, there's no Yeshua from there. And the end of the parsha is talking about initiative. Without tefillah, there's no Yeshua from there either. And now briefly, I want to talk about one final point in the parsha. And that's the man. The man is our most basic need, food. Our most basic request of God is to sustain us from day to day, to be alive. That's our most basic request. And that's man. Man is our food. We see that uh, very clearly that... uh, 
though the manu is maybe the closest thing to getting something on a on a silver platter, not having to do anything for it. Nonetheless, um, there were there were elements of the man that depended on Bnei Israel's actions. Okay, Bnei Israel had to go out; they had to collect the man. They can only collect the right amount of man. They couldn't leave over. They had to collect lachemishne on Fridays. In other words, there was clearly a side of of Bnei Israel's action in the, in the man. However, the element that seems to be missing in the man is the t- element of tefillah. Where is the element of tefillah in the man? It seems like as long as Bnei Israel do what they're supposed to, they can get the man. They don't need to pray. And, and, and Chazal were sensitive to something that was going on in the Pesukim and they put their fingers on something and I'd like to thank my colleague Gilad Landau for pointing this out to me there's a very unique word used vis-a-vis the man in Perek Tetzayin Pesukim Yudal Fyud Bet Vaydaber Adonai Moshe Lemor Shamati Atilunot Bnei Yisrael Daber Alehem Lemor Bein Ha'arbaim Tochelu Vassar Uvaboker Tisbe'u Lachem Vida'atem Kani Adonai Elohechem Bnei Israel are going to be fed, says God. Bein harbaim, they will eat meat. Uva boker tisbiru lachem. In the afternoons, in the evenings, they will receive meat, and in the mornings, they will receive the man. They will receive the bread. The bitui ben harbaim is a unique bitui. It's a unique bitui which we know, of course, from Korbanat Hamid. In Parashat Pinchas, where we see the Tzivuya of Korban Tamid, of course, the Korban Tamid is also mentioned in Parashat Tetzaveh, but we're more familiar with it from Parashat Pinchas, that's what we read on Rosh Hodesh. The Bitui Ben Ha'arbaim, specifically, because Boker is obviously something that comes up more often, is a unique Bitui which is only found in these two contexts. In the context of Korban Tamid and the context of um, the man, of course, there's also the context of Korban Pesach as well. The Korban Pesach I see in the in the rubric of Korban Tamid. The fact that the, this unique bitui is used, Boker and Ben Harbaim, to discuss when we get our sustenance, and those same two bitui, Ben Harbaim and Boker, are used vis-à-vis Korban Tamid, is not by accident. And I think the message here that the Torah is getting across is that also the man, our sustenance, our man and the, and the basar that we got in the Midbar, and our sustenance from HaKadosh Baruch Hu for generations afterwards that are based on that man and basar, that we are always dependent on God for our sustenance, Boker and Ben Harbaim are dependent on the korbanot, and of course, the tefillot that Chazal tell us are were founded on the basis of the korbanot, korban, korbanat tamid, and tefillot that we pray every day, shacharit and mincha, parallel the korbanat tamid of tamid shel shachar, tamid shel ben harbaim, and Chazal in in the Yerushalmi in brachot and in the Bavli in brachot in the fourth parak are sensitive to this, and they connect the time of Korbanat Hamid Shel Shachar to Parshat Haman. 
without getting into great detail here. They understand that the Boker of the Man and the Boker of Korbanat Hamichal Shachar are parallel to each other and are related to each other. Specifically in the Yerushalmi. And the message here is, again, that same message that we started off with. That our sustenance from Hashem, while it depends on our actions as well, collecting the man, collecting the right amount of man, not leaving over the man, it also depends on our tefillah to Hashem. Boker and Ben Harbaim, we will receive sustenance. And Boker and Ben Harbaim, we will turn to Hashem with Korbanat Hamid, we will turn to Hashem with our tefillot, Boker, the Ben Harbaim, because this is our relationship with Hashem. Our relationship with Hashem is based on facing Hashem and praying to Hashem for our needs, but not sitting back and not taking our own actions. We must take action, but we also must pray. And neither of these two elements can be successful by by themselves. Tefillah by itself doesn't work, as we saw in Kriyat Yamsuf. Initiative by itself does not work, as we saw in Parashat Zachor. And this is our relationship with God. This is how we receive our sustenance from God. This is how we receive everything from God. We do not depend on ourselves, and only depend on our initiative. We do not... We also pray to Hashem, but we also don't just depend on our prayer to Hashem. We pray to Hashem, we take initiative. These are the fundamentals that we learn in Parashat V'Shalach. Shabbat Shalom.